Warning, the following podcast contains spoilers for every single Friday the 13th movie, the Friday the 13th television series, the movie It Follows, and contains a graphic discussion about the righteous majesty and hypnotic sway of soft female breasts. Hello and welcome to the Distump Podcast, the show where we watch movies, play games, or listen to music in an effort to decide if we're going to keep the disc or if we will dump them. As always, I'm your host, Miles Trout. Today, I am remotely joined by the most rambunctious, yet most responsible adult around. That's right, it's Mr. Jesse Druck. How you doing, Jesse? Oh, I'm doing mighty fine, my friend. Fantastic. I'm glad you were able to join me. Pry yourself away from some parental duties. Yeah, the chitlin keep me pretty busy. <laughs> Believe it. Alrighty, so this is our official 13th episode, so of course we have to talk about Friday the 13th. But first, a brief history. Camp Crystal Lake opened in the year 1980, so to speak, because that was the year that Friday the 13th first came to theaters. The director and writer of the movie decided to advertise a movie called Friday the 13th, the scariest movie ever made before they even put pen to paper and worked on the script, which is kind of funny. So it's a bunch of teenagers go camping, and then one by one they start getting killed off, and everyone thinks it's this scary Jason Voorhees. But it turns out Jason Voorhees is only in the movie for about mm, 10 seconds maybe. But instead, there's a twist. The bad guy is Jason's mom, played by Betsy Palmer. She's haunted by the death of her son, which she blames on the camp counselors, who are having sex instead of watching over her son as he swam in the lake. So naturally, she's going to run around and start chopping people up with machetes and stuff. Eventually, she dies, and at the very end of the movie is one of the most famous jump scares in history. That's when child Jason jumps out of the water and grabs the lead lady and yanks her down out of a canoe into the lake. But it was, it's all just a dream. Don't worry, it's just a dream. It's just a dream until... Part 2. In 1981, Part 2 is released. Uh, what's most notable about Part 2 is that Jason is the bad guy for the first time. Um, he's running around killing people with pitchforks and stuff, but what's notable about that is that he does not yet have his signature hockey mask. Instead, he's wearing a bag over his head with one eye hole, and he's running around killing people with pickaxes and setting up traps that, like, grab you by the ankles and swing you around upside down and shit. And, uh, yeah, that was it's pretty similar to the first one in every other way, though, except that it's just a big scary man instead of a, a soap opera actress. <laughs> and then it's 1982, and one of the more groundbreaking films in this franchise comes out, and that would be... Friday the 13th 3D. This movie was in 3D, so that meant it took a lot of special filming techniques to make, which made it the most ambitious in the franchise up to that point. This one stands out for a couple of reasons, actually, besides the fact that it's 3D. Jason kills a whole biker gang, which I found very entertaining. 
Um, and one of his victims is very relatable to me because he's a chubby, curly-haired guy who's aspiring to be a star. <laughs> and uh, he actually is the one who brings the hockey mask. And then when Jason kills him, that's where he gets the hockey mask. And, uh, you know, then there's one girl who survives or whatever, and they fight and... Jason dies, but Jason doesn't really die because that's how every movie ends. I don't know if any of you haven't seen these movies if you're listening to this, but they're pretty much the same for the most part. Part 4 is in 1984. It is called Friday the 13th, The Final Chapter. This one is most notable for featuring the up-and-coming child actor Corey Feldman. The director and writer was saying that he wanted to give it more of a family massacre vibe so he made sure to put kids in it and there's some twins and there's a dog and the final girl is the big sister and it ends with Corey Feldman's character killing Jason and then he's mentally scarred and he gives the terrible serial killer look to the camera right as the film ends. But then it's 1985, and that is when Friday the 13th, A New Beginning comes out. This is perhaps the most dynamic story of all the originals, because Corey Feldman's character grows up and ends up actually needing some psychiatric help. And he's on a farm for some reason where everyone has knives and stuff, even though it's like a mental hospital, which is a little different. And the story kind of grows because he thinks that Jason's coming to kill him. And it turns out it's a copycat killer. And it, it reminds me a lot of the Halloween movies. I think they kind of wink and nudge at the Halloween movies with this one. But it's just totally different because you think it's going to be Corey Feldman's character the whole time. Even though it's a different actor playing him. But you think it's going to be Corey Feldman's character the whole time. And it turns out that it's an actual serial killer. But it's not Jason. So that one's, that one's actually totally different. But uh, Corey Feldman was talking about this movie. He wished he could have played the adult version of himself, but he was a child. And uh, he thinks that the franchise should stop there or we should start a new Friday the 13th franchise at this point. But that's not what happens. Because what happens in 1986? Of course, there's part six. Jason lives. Jason comes back to life because he gets struck. Okay. <laughs> Okay, hold on. So Jason is dead and buried because somebody decided to pay for a plot and put him in the ground. So Jason is dead and buried and then some people dig him up and they stick a big old metal rod in his body just to make sure he's dead. And then what happens? He gets struck by lightning, which brings him back to life. And Jason is officially supernatural and a zombie at this point. So then he crawls out of the grave and he kills a whole bunch of people. But this is the first one where I think comedy is intentionally implemented in the story because uh, the director writes in some jokes that are meant to be completed by the audience. Like there's a point where there's an American Express card that's like floating away. And the whole thing that the whole reason he like lingers on the card is because he wants someone in the audience to go, don't leave home without it, which apparently was a thing that they said in the 80s. But yeah, so it's there's a lot of wink, wink, nudge, nudge at the audience in this one. Like this is kind of silly and uh, we're trying to be really silly about the deaths and stuff. Like I'm pretty sure this one is the one where there are three people playing paintball and jason jumps out in front of him and decapitates all three of them with one swing of the machete it was pretty funny the year is 1988 friday the 13th part 7 comes out the new blood 
Uh, this is the first time that the infamous Kane Hodder played Jason. Uh, he would reprise his role for five films in the franchise, making him the longest-running Jason of all the actors who played Jason. He takes on, like, a zombie-like undead appearance because every other time he's just kind of a guy in a gray suit with a gray bald cap on with a hockey mask. This one, he's got, like, his ribs are sticking out and it gets all crazy. And uh, Kane Hodder is most was, at the time, most famous for being a stuntman. So he almost severely injured himself so many times in the production of this film, which culminates with, uh, well, we'll get to how it culminates in a second. What makes this one unique, besides the fact that Kane Hodder is in it, is that Jason meets his match. The girl that he's pursuing in this one, who is the final girl, has telekinetic powers, and she can move things with her mind. So uh, Jason comes to stab her, and she can, like smash light bulbs on his head or knock him through walls or smash him down a staircase so they picked Kane Hodder because he was a really good stunt person and uh, even he was pretty challenged to get the shit kicked out of him for the first time because usually Jason is the one doing the the shit kickery but instead he's the one getting his ass kicked the whole movie and it culminates with him lighting on fire and the whole house exploding. So this one is uh this one's different and it it definitely has like a almost the 90s feel. Like we're so close to the 90s, the camera quality's better, the action's crazy. It's a good one. So the success of these movies led to a television series. Now I know what you're thinking. How many times can we really do this? How many times can Jason march around and start stabbing people and chop people's heads off with a machete? Well, I'll tell you what. Jason's not in the series. The series ran from 1987 to 1990. It took the franchise in a whole new direction by having famous horror movie directors and writers make short films. And then those short films became Friday the 13th, the series. Sounds an awful lot like the Masters of Horror series. And I have no evidence to substantiate this, but I think that they are in some way related. Anyway, that's all I really know about the series. I never ended up watching more than an episode or two. The year is 1989. Friday the 13th Part 8 comes out. It's called Jason Takes Manhattan. That's right, you heard it here. He leaves Crystal Lake for the first time to ride on a cruise ship for a really long time. <laughs> Two-thirds of the movie is a cruise ship on the way to New York where he fights a whole bunch of teenagers who just graduated high school and he chops most of them up into tiny pieces and then they get to New York where he stomps around Times Square for a while and then he eventually gets disintegrated by a bunch of goo, toxic waste. I like to think that that's where the, uh, the Ninja Turtles came from, 1989, that's about the right zone. Jason gets melted and turned into toxic waste and then it lands on a bunch of turtles and a rat has to feed him pizza and take care of him. I don't know, maybe I'm just making shit up. I most certainly am. Anyway, the year is 1993. Friday the 13th Part 9 comes out that year, and that one is called Jason Goes to Hell. Jason Goes to Hell is weird as fuck. <laughs> this movie is totally different from any of the other ones because the army has had enough of Jason's shit. The army comes in, and they blow him up with bazookas and machine guns, and Jason is officially dead as shit. But for some reason, the coroner finds his heart and decides he wants to eat it. So the coroner eats his heart, and then things get really wacky because Jason's soul takes over the coroner's body, 
and he starts running around killing people like he's Jason. But then the coroner's body gets pretty messed up, so what does he do? He spits out the heart, which looks like a weird slug bat, and the slug bat climbs into other people's mouths and turns them into Jason. So then they're just like all getting pinned down and they're spitting bats into each other's mouth. Bats. Isn't that what they said started the coronavirus? Is Jason behind this? Of course not. Anyway, so this movie is really fucking weird. Uh, the only way to kill Jason in this movie is to kill him by stabbing him in the heart with a magic sword that is wielded by one of his direct descendants. So, it's, it's pretty fucking weird. But probably the most famous scene out of it is at, after the credits, Jason's mask is sitting in the sand, and then what happens? Freddy Krueger's hand comes out of the sand from below and grabs it and yanks it down into the depths of hell. But we're not going to get Freddy vs. Jason just yet. Instead, the year is 2001, where Jason takes the biggest leap that... Ugh, this this Friday the 13th movie is, is something. This is the first one I saw when I was a kid, and that one is entitled Jason X. This is the 10th part of the Friday the 13th series. Are we done? Hell no, we're not done. This is the one where Jason... Uh, well, the Earth is dying, so they're sending people onto spaceships and delivering them to the new Earth, romantically known as Earth 2. <laughs> so they're, uh, everyone's getting shipped over to Earth 2, but you can't forget to bring Jason. Why would you bring a zombie serial killer who supposedly died in every subsequent one and his whole body got blown up and Jason goes to hell and all kinds of crazy shit happened? Why would you bring him into space? I don't know, I guess none of the other movies counted, but they were very aware of how evil he was. So they, they bring Jason to space, and what does he do? He immediately kills everybody on the space station for the most part. He fights an android, uh, he plays laser tag, and uh, he, he kills holograms of naked camping girls. Ultimately, he gets thrown through space and lands on Earth 2 in Camp Crystal Lake, of course. So... Things are getting, the storyline's getting a little muddled here. The last two movies pretty much don't count. Just saying, they pretty much don't count. Jason Goes to Hell is, is uh, it's a movie, it's different, it's a movie. And then Jason X is just like all in all a total comedy. It's got some really good kills in it, but man, there's no way anyone took that movie seriously. Jason Goes to Space, really. Anywho, so the year is 2003. And one of the most iconic movies of my generation comes out, and that would be Freddy vs. Jason. This is the 11th part in the Friday the 13th series, if you count this as a Friday the 13th movie. This is one of the best monster mashup movies ever made. The premise is that Freddy Krueger, you know, the guy that kills people in their sleep by making them have nightmares, that guy, he's, having a, uh, he's losing his power because the people of the town that he kills people on on elm street they are forgetting that he exists so because they're forgetting he exists he's not getting his power 
So what he does is he dresses up like Betsy Palmer and he goes and wakes up Jason at the bottom of Camp Crystal Lake and he's like, hey, you gotta go kill people on Elm Street and make sure that they remember me. So Jason is like, okay, mom. And Jason marches over to Elm Street and he kills a bunch of teenagers and everyone's like, oh no, Freddy's come back. But then Jason's like, hey, you're not my mama. And they fight a whole bunch and uh, it's the whole thing is don't fall asleep or Freddy will get you. But if you stay awake, Jason's going to come and get you. So one way or the other, he's coming. One of them is coming. And I think that is pretty much where the franchise ends is culminating with one of the highest rated and most profitable horror movies ever made. However, Hollywood being as it is, the year is 2009. And... Michael Bay has to get involved. I know a lot of people don't like Michael Bay. That's fine, but Michael Bay has to get involved. So Michael Bay sticks his little production finger into it, and now all of a sudden it's a gritty reboot. They had to make some choices. If we're going to reboot this, is Jason a zombie man? No. Okay, Jason's not a zombie man. Uh, does he walk or does he run? Oh, hell yeah, he runs. All right, so he's a running serial killer. How does he get places so fast? Well, we're going to put tunnels underneath the camp. Okay, that's all right. This is getting real. Okay. And he's smart. What? And he's fast. What? And yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of just going to do our own thing now. We'll call it a, a Friday the 13th movie, but it's only kind of one. Okay. But we have to put everything in that they like. All right. So they make a point to put all of the trades into it. The, the hockey mask, the machete. A uh, big lake, lots of boobs, uh, there's gonna be some stabbing, there's gonna be some drug use, there's gonna be horny teenagers, and, uh, the guy from Supernatural's in it, and he's, he's a guy, everyone looks at him and they're like, oh my god, it's the guy from Supernatural, they don't actually say that. So this one contains events from the first three movies, and that's why it's a remake, so, I mean, that was kind of cool, but... Overall, it's not the best movie that's ever been made because Jason is just out there to kill all of the silicone-chested teens that are running around in his woods. But, like, let's be real here. There is one pair of boobs in this movie that is just... Oh, my God. It's just perfect. Perfect boobies. Holy crap. It's at the... Uh, it's towards the, the middle-ish end of the movie. I suggest you watch it for no reason other than the boobs are fantastic most of the boobs are not but those boobs are fantastic anyway so uh it seems that there are only 12 of these movies if you're keeping count with me so i'm calling out Corey feldman i'm your guy dude let's do this let's make feldman the 13th we're gonna make a movie where you're gonna be in it and we're gonna fight jason and stuff and it's gonna be a really good time and it's gonna we're gonna act like none of the other movies happened after five which is majority of the movies uh, we're going to pretend they didn't happen. I know you're, like, exposing pedophiles or whatever, but this is important, too. Anyway, now let's get to the conversation with Jesse. So, first of all, do you know why I chose you to do this episode with? Is it because of the all-nighter? That's because of the all-nighter. Um, why don't you explain to the audience what the all-nighter was? All-nighter, that is all the Friday the 13th movies that we could, well, you had them all. Yeah. <laughs> so it was all of them. And one night, on the night where the new, in 2009, 
Friday the 13th premiered, so we stayed up all night into the next day, and your mother drove, drove us to the <laughs> movie theaters for the Friday the 13th premiere, and we stayed up so long that we hallucinated. <laughs> that about covers it, yeah. Uh, I remember, I, I don't know why we had off on a Thursday and a Friday, but for some reason we did, because we didn't go to school, like, we watched movies like it was our job. It was like 20 yeah. hours of oh, movies. No, that's probably the longest series I ever watched. So just watch Harry Potter and I'd turn that into two days. I didn't stay up. Yeah, I don't blame you. That's a long one too. Yeah. Friday the 13th, that was a wild series. I remember that I didn't own Jason Goes to Hell, which is the ninth one. So just before we started this little marathon, I, uh, I bought it on eBay and it arrived just when we got to number nine. It was like dawn. And the mail came, and it came in you know, the mail right when we were going to watch it. You remember that? Yeah, because that's the only one I just saw a preview on it, and I, I, I do not remember that. And there's so much crazy stuff that happened in that one. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I, that might be the one we missed. If we missed any of them, it was that one. Yeah. Because that one's fucking weird. That one has, like, <laughs> that one has nothing to do. Like, it's just a <laughs> weird supernatural movie. Yeah, it has a lot of magic and weird stuff in it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we stayed up. I want to say like a whole day before we made it to the movies. Like, did we start like after school on a Thursday or did we have off that third? I don't remember. I think it was half day Thursday, something with finals or something. Cause it was half day Thursday, if I remember right. And then stayed up the whole time into Friday night. Cause the premiere was Friday night, 12 o'clock midnight. Yeah. And it was on the 13th on a Friday, the 13th and it was in February. So maybe we had like a snow day or something, but either way, yeah. it was like, that is one of my fondest memories of being alive is that crazy, crazy <laughs> night. Cause I had a fridge in my room and we loaded that bitch up with energy drinks and five hour energies. And we just yeah. fought each other to stay awake. <laughs> you know, I've had energies, ADHD and energy drinks. And I need to find down the kitchen. Oh man. I remember like, there were several occasions where you started to close your eyes and I would like shake you awake. But when I would start to fall asleep and you would shake me awake, I'd get all pissed off about it. <laughs> <laughs> Are we seriously doing this? <laughs> <laughs> I like so resented you by the end of that night. I was like, that's motherfucker. <laughs> Mom's stories the next day. She's like, I've hallucinated once. <laughs> I forgot all about that. I swear I looked up in the woods and I saw Jason standing right there looking at me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was a good time. Did we end up taking a nap? I feel like we ended up taking a nap. I could be wrong. I don't know. Um, We tried for 30 minutes and then we set alarms. Yeah, we, yeah, we did like a 45-minute break and then uh, set alarms and we woke up and started watching them again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that was, that was classic. Um, yeah. So... I still like remember the morning before we went to the movie because I felt like so exhausted, but my heart was just pounding from all of those energy drinks. So it's like that <laughs> weird state of like, I'm almost asleep, but I have so much energy going through my body. Uh, I, when I think of that night, that's what I remember is like that morning going out and checking the mail and just being like, I'm pretty sure I'm about to die. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. We were about half miserable by the time we got to the movie. <laughs> do you remember why uh, Timmy didn't join us? No, I do not. He was on vacation in Florida. 
Otherwise, it would have been a like crazy BSK memory. But I'm kind of happy that it was just you and me because it's something that we have that Timmy doesn't have. Sucks to be you, Timmy. Yeah, Timmy. You still never got me back for scaring me. <laughs> I think it's episode eight or nine. He talks about it pretty lengthy. <laughs> oh, man, that's too good. Do you want to re-explain this in case somebody missed it, how you got him? Oh, man, that's too funny. <laughs> what, what would you have another name of the movie? What was that movie? It was called It Follows. It Follows is the name of the movie. I show up to Miles' house. Him and Timmy are up in the room watching this It Follows movie. He was in the bathroom. I snuck into Miles' closet. Tim comes back in, sits on the couch, has no idea I'm in the room. So I'm very persistent on what the things that I invest into. So I was invested into scaring him. So Timmy's sitting there. I text him Miles. I'm like, turn the lights off. Turns the lights off. I'm like, just make sure he gets turn the volume up a little bit. He turns the volume up. I'm hiding in the closet. It's dark. Somehow I get the closet door open, climb the whole way up to where Timmy is in the movies about if you get touched, then the curse or whatever comes over you and, and getting touched is how it affects you. I wait to the most intense part. I'm actually watching this movie at this point. Laying in my room. <laughs> and Timmy has no idea I'm there. Wait to the most intense part and I scream on top of my lungs and I grab my, his leg at the same time. And oh! <laughs> he's never been so scared in his life. <laughs> he jumped up. He's like, you fucking got me, bro. You fucking got me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he was so mad. <laughs> I was in there for about half an hour. <laughs> I was like astounded. I was waiting for any moment. So it kind of ruined the movie for me because I was just like, where is he going to come out? And then I saw you creeping out and I couldn't believe how long you were just laying there. <laughs> Oh, um, so yes, it's when you set your mind to something, nobody can beat Jesse. <laughs> so we're here to talk about Friday the Thirteenth. When you think of Friday the Thirteenth, what pops into your mind? Uh, the mask, the my favorite kill scene, the machete, the new one. I feel like covered everything. When you think about Friday the Thirteenth, like everything in two thousand nine, the last one came out. Mm-hmm. Everything you think about a Friday the Thirteenth movie and all the stuff you remember, that it was in that movie. You know, so, you're not wrong. It's got everything. It's got the boobs. It's got the blood. It's got the stabbiness. It's got the mask. It's got all of it. The sleeping bag. The sleeping bag. Yeah, they put a they put a new twist on it. Instead of banging her against the uh, tree and killing her, he puts her over the fire in the sleeping bag. That was uh, pretty wild. Yeah. So, uh, what's your what's your favorite kill scene? Favorite kill scene, what I picture all the time, and the reason I fell in love was when the I, it had to have been the first within the first three, I believe, that when the lady's laying on the bed and he's the underneath of her and stabs her right up underneath with the machete. Oh, you know that's what I'm talking about. That's Kevin Bacon in the first one. It's not a lady, <laughs> although his hair was deceptively a, lo- a lady. Oh, it was Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> you're like, she was all hot Kevin laying Bacon. there without a shirt on. <laughs> He's the one who got stabbed up through the middle. Uh, she like sticks her hand over his head and sticks like an arrow through his neck or something from below. Maybe I'm thinking of a different part. Yeah, there's one where he stabs up from underneath the bed with the machete, I believe. But I could be completely, completely wrong. Just pictured it in my head that way. <laughs> I mean, you also could be completely right. That sounds about right. But no, I love that one because the bed's the comfort. Of, like that's, that's your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. When you're hiding from monsters, you turn the lights off, you run, jump into your bed, pull the covers up. There you're safe. 
That lady was not safe. <laughs> yeah, he, he does a couple of under-the-bed kills. That's pretty great. I don't know. When, when I think of this movie, I think of boobs, largely. Boobs and blood and stabbing. And <laughs> <laughs> It was like the one guarantee when you're a kid and you're watching a horror movie that you're really not supposed to be allowed to watch is like Friday the 13th guarantees there's going to be some boobs at some point. Cleavage. Cleavage. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, in the 2009 one, I just refreshed myself on that one, the first scene, and definitely snaps you right back into while you're watching it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the new one, though, I, the boobs in the new one, I like, I was pretty upset with most of them, but then the last pair you see is like just so, so, so wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's the only one with natural boobs, but they're they're just fantastic. They're the best boobs. <laughs> Superb, if you will. Yeah. He's like, you got perfect nipple placement, baby. <laughs> oh, oh, man. oh, which one's your favorite movie of this? Like, do you remember the general plots of them? I can read you the general plots of all of them. Yeah. That would make you. So the first all one, right. is, the first one's Kevin Bacon's first movie. And that one, it turns out that Jason's mom is the bad guy. Do you remember that? Yeah, no, I'm good with the, I, I know the plot. You know the plot of the first one. So, yeah, so is Jason, that wasn't his actual first movie, was it? No, the second one is the first one Jason comes in. I mean, uh, Kevin Bacon. Was that the first movie he was ever in? Oh, Kevin Bacon? Yeah, that was the first movie Kevin Bacon was ever in was the first one. No way. Yeah, that's that's where Kevin Bacon started. It was Friday the 13th Part 1. I never knew that. Yeah, that's that's where we got Kevin Bacon. He died anyway. And he died, he's I like turned, the first one to die. Probably always turned out to be the bad guy in movies now. Yeah, right? He's Jason rubbed off. I have a couple things I want to talk about with Friday the 13th, though. Okay, so all right. do you remember like which one is your favorite one though? They all kind of are a little bit different. Yeah, I have a couple favorite ones for certain reasons. Okay, let's lay them out. Okay, Friday the 13th, favorite situations, or what really gets me. The first one I want to bring up is in Manhattan. Of I course. do believe in the one where the boxing guy. Yeah, and he punches his head off. Okay, this guy, this is this is one of the most hilarious scenes to me. You know them thrillers when you watch them, and that this one flashback to a thriller movie. The lady drops the keys underneath the dresser. It's the only answer. She just needs to get the keys. The killer's right there, killing everybody. She's like an inch from the keys, and this shows this scene for like five minutes. I'm I'm dying. I'm like, just grab the damn key. You know what I mean? <laughs> I get it for a split second, but five minutes into it, this guy in Friday the 13th Manhattan. He boxed him. He's beating all these guys on the ship. He's the best boxer. He boxes Jason the whole way to the edge, right? <laughs> the whole way on this building. And I don't need to refresh her on this scene. This scene killed me. He boxes the whole way to the edge. Then at the edge, he takes a breath. <laughs> he, he, <laughs> he takes a breath. He goes, <sighs> and in that breath, Jason stabs him. <laughs> you took him. I've told him like a hundred yards. This guy just boxed him and knocked him back, and he's knocking him back, and he's stumbling. Jason's stumbling, and he gets to the edge, and and then the black the black boxer dies. He, I'm like, he like exhales, and Jason grabs him by the shoulder and punches his head off, and the head goes flying, and it lands in a dumpster. <laughs> The stuff they think of. So what year was that? I don't remember, but uh, I'm not sure well, what year that was. That would have been like nine. It's in the nineties. That's a while. Yeah. So, so that, that one killed. That one's definitely a comedy. Like when push comes to shove, Jason goes to Manhattan. It's it's kind of funny. So Jason X is the one I remember from that night when that one put on. We we're already like in a wacky movie. We've been up too long. <laughs> 
And you're like, now we got Jason X. I'm like, oh, yeah. So we put in Jason X. And when this movie starts playing, he wakes up on – isn't that on a spaceship yep. or something? <laughs> he goes to and, space. I'm, and then I'm like, I'm complete Team Jason at this time. I'm like, oh, yeah, you can't kill him. He's on a spaceship. <laughs> I'm so hyped up. That's all I remember. I'm like, Jason X. <laughs> Getting all hyped up. Oh, man, that one killed me because it was like, even on a spaceship, you can't <laughs> That one ends with him flying through space and he's about to catch the survivors on a different spaceship and he gets hit by a piece of debris and he goes crashing down to Earth 2. Not even Earth 1. Earth 2, a perfect replica of Earth 1. He just (laughs) resumes being Jason at Crystal Lake on Earth 2. (laughs) No no relevance at all. (laughs) There you go. <laughs> just showing the limits here. That was actually the first one I saw when I was a kid. Was my dad and I rented it on VHS when we were staying at a cabin in the woods, and then I was like, he was like, yeah, this guy he runs around in the woods and he kills people, and I'm like, oh god. And then he shows me the one where he's in space. I <laughs> probably was a little more settling. <laughs> I mean, that actually has probably my favorite kill in it because they have like laser tag and they're running around shooting each other with laser tag. And at one point, Jason just like picks a dude up and he drops him on a giant screw sitting out of the ground. Like there's no reason for this screw to be there, but Jason just like drops him on it. And his body just like spins as he works his way down this giant screw. And he's like being completely impaled. Do you remember that part? Yeah. Now you said it. I think that's my favorite kill is that one. Yeah, the kills they come up with are just insane. Actually, from the same movies, one of my favorite kills is just the whatever they call that uh, fluid that dips that guy's head in, pulls it out, it's frozen, and shatters him. Oh, the liquid nitrogen. Yeah, when he first wakes up. Yeah, there's that super hot blonde chick, and he puts her face into it, and then he smashes her head. That's a good one. Yeah, I like that one. So, which movie was your favorite one, the Manhattan one, or? Um... Yeah, I don't want to be basic, but I like the new one because it did touch on all the bases. It touched on the mother, the 2009 one, I mean. It mm-hmm. touched on the mother. It touched on, I mean, where he came from, all the basics. The starting scene is, well, that that was a little off because they're starting out talking about 1980 in the starting scene, but the original movie was 1958 or something like that. Yeah, because 1980 was the modern times in the original one. Yeah, so they, they enhanced it all. Like booted, scooted it all up or something. Yeah, the uh, the new one, the remake, is actually a remake of parts one through three because like the first one is in the first ten seconds of the movie where his mom is like getting decapitated. Yeah. And then the second one happens where he like gets all the campers in the woods and uh, he's wearing a bag on his head. And then the third one is where he gets the the hockey mask, and that's like what most of the movie is. Is the third one? Yeah. I like. Do you yeah, because know- he starts out and then he finds the mask in the, in that shed or whatever that garage. And looked at it like, hmm. For whatever reason, I want to put this thing on. <laughs> and when the Asian guy is like playing with the hockey stick, Jason comes up to him. He's like, "Whoa, do you want this hockey stick? It completes your outfit." <laughs> that Um, i'm torn between which one's my favorite one because there's like one that actually has a good plot and then there's one that's just like over the top totally different and the totally different one is the one where the girl has psychic powers do you remember that one yeah that one was pretty good she's like throwing couches at him and shit yeah it was so different though Mm -hmm. when you watch it by itself but but i I don't know it's so different i I did just buy it as an individual movie but it doesn't tie into the rest with the powers and stuff but no it is awesome 
Yeah, like, I feel like any one of these isolated is a totally different experience than watching them all <laughs> back to back. Even if it's not all yep. in one day, just, like, watching, like, one a day for 12 days, then you, like, still have a totally different experience when they're all, like, side by side than if you're like, oh, I caught part seven on TV the other day. Yeah, yeah, I didn't watch any of the series. I know that they had that series out. Yeah, I, I always I wanted watch- to watch that, and uh, it's apparently it has nothing to do with with uh jason it's just like a bunch of short horror movies oh so you never seen it though i haven't seen it like i think i've seen an episode of it and i was frustrated that it wasn't about jason i wanted to see that one but there's one where jason isn't in it and neither is his mom i think it's part part five that's one where uh the guy who survives part four goes to the loony bin because he's like psychotic after everything that happens and then uh, yeah, yeah. he thinks Jason's chasing him, and it turns out to be a copycat killer. I like that one. That one's really good. Yeah, that has a good storyline to it. Yeah, that's like that that's one like, came out in like the early '90s. Yeah, they could have followed through with that, but put a demented story like something happened to him. Like Jason came out, found this copycat, the kid that whatever, because they started off saying that the kid with the the problems in his head because he dealt with Jason when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he grew older. And he still had issues and visions and stuff. So it started out that way. They could have used that kid, had Jason come out and torment him, but him kill Jason, however it had to be. And uh, he could have been the new killer. See, you know, it's funny you bring that up because I just watched all the special features for the first eight movies and the most recent one. (laughs) This is how I spent my day today. And Corey Feldman, do you know who he is? The child actor that he was in like the Goonies and the vampire movie and stuff. Yeah. The one who played that messed up kid. He played the messed up kid. And he says that they should forget everything that happens after part five. And he should take over as like the main guy in the future Friday the 13th movies. And uh, in the uh, the moments that are going to be recorded before us having this conversation, I reach out to Corey Feldman and I tell him like, you know what? You want Feldman the 13th? I'm your guy. Let's let's write this movie. So I think you and I could write this movie right now if you we're up to it yeah, yeah. so Feldman thirteen. just do a script where it should have taken off to start from there yeah they already set it up for it exactly so hmm, i'm gonna take a sip of my drink and think about this here for a second and we'll come up with the plot of our <laughs> own friday the 13th movie oh what a lovely discussion we are having i am eager to hear what we come up with when we write a new Friday the 13th movie off the top of our heads. It's going to be good. Trust me. So I want to uh, let you guys know how to get a hold of me. The One of the easiest ways to get a hold of me is via email. So that is discdumppod at gmail.com. That's D-I-S-C-D-U-M-P-P-O-D at gmail.com. Don't forget the little pee-pee in there. It's important. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at discdump. That's a place that gets a lot of the promotional material pretty early. I think that's the first place that gets the uh, podcast uploads. If you want to hear that first, you'll see it on Twitter. You can also follow the Instagram, Distump Podcast. Don't forget the PP in that one. That's a great place to see promotional pictures you're not going to see anywhere else. 
anywhere else that is except for in the Facebook group Disc Dump Podcast Fans. That group gets all of the promotional material and it's a great place to network and socialize and start a conversation about your favorite movies, episodes of this show, or suggestions for future episodes. Alrighty, and I have a couple people to thank. First of all, I want to thank Jesse because he was so kind as to call me and talk to me on the phone about something we did 11 years ago can't believe it's been that long but he remembered an awful lot and so did i so i'm glad that we were able to talk about it and have a good time today i thanked him off mic i just want you guys to know i'm thanking him uh i also want to thank his wife hey erin how you doing she's a lovely lady and she was so kind as to let me borrow her husband for the evening my next shout out i'd like to give is a special thank you to somebody i used to be pretty close with jen spino i believe you go by lexi now which I'll have to hear the origins of that someday. She is a poet in the York, Pennsylvania area, and she was asking people, if I start a podcast, what should we talk about? I gave her some uh, some ideas, and I think it turned out really well, and I hope that you and your man continue to do some podcasts, and if you do, I will show you some love on mine for sure. I feel like I definitely owe a special shout out to one of the most important women in my life, my mommy hi mom sorry about the boobs part but thank you for driving us 11 years ago to go and see horror movies with boobies in them that we weren't supposed to be looking at when we were teenagers i love you and last but not least i want to thank a new fan on the instagram page her name is elizabeth she is my cousin hey how you doing uh, it's been too long since I've seen you, and I'm very sad that you live in Texas and I do not. So I hope to see you again soon, and thank you for following the Distant Podcast on Instagram. Okay, I guess that wraps up the whole ad spot here, the thank yous and the appreciation zone. That's Maybe that's what I'll call it, the appreciation zone. Ooh, I like it. Anyway, back to the discussion about Friday the 13th. Wine out of a beer glass, Jesus Christ. Hello. <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, let's see here. The the point where number five ends is the killer turned out to be a paramedic who like went crazy for whatever reason. I don't remember. But Corey Feldman in the future saves the day. Uh, do you think that we should take the direction that Corey Feldman's character should be the bad guy? Yeah. Yeah. So, the, I mean, in my opinion, the odds are either he's completely the bad guy, he has morphed into Jason, mm-hmm. he's the new Jason replica, but I think it wouldn't be enough for him to just be a, a turned into a, a imitation killer. I think he would need to be mutated in some way. There has to be a storyline on how he's fucked up now. Hmm. That's an idea. You th- you think he should, like, bust into radioactive waste and, like, become some kind of monster? Or do you think, like... It's like psychological damage. Yeah, I don't know how, but I think Jason should do it. You think Jason should do it? Hmm. I was thinking... Yeah, I don't know how. I was thinking that he, like, becomes a successful serial killer that, like, he kills people in his free time, but nobody catches him kind of thing. And then he bumps into Jason, and they, like, have a standoff, like, in Freddy vs. Jason, where they're, like, 
basically killing people left and right, trying to kill each other. Yeah, that's that's cool because I was literally thinking about tying in Freddy for whatever reason. I just wasn't really understanding how yet. Oh shit! Because they they, they did have some open answer, open questions. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like you tie in all three, and and, and somehow you tie tie it into him becoming the killer through that. All right. Well, let's think about this then. Okay, so Freddy versus Jason ends with Jason coming out of the lake with Freddy Krueger's head in his hand, and then Freddy Krueger just winks at the camera, and that's how that one ends. So maybe. So in in Freddy versus Jason. Freddy's like pulling all the strings and like convincing Jason to kill people for him. So he's kind of like the boss of Jason. What if Corey Feldman was after Jason and he doesn't expect it, but he bumps into Freddy also? Yeah, what if Freddy uses Corey to get back at Jason because Jason took down Freddy, okay? Ooh. So now Freddy in the new one uses Corey to either imitate Jason or something, but takes him because. Corey, Corey's so ready to become this killer. He's so obsessed with him. And he's, like you said, already become a, a killer in his own way. So if he takes all that and uses him against Jason because he just now wants to get back at Jason because he, he, he screwed him over. Yeah. Huh. Okay. And through that, they create. So is Corey Feldman's character a good guy or a bad guy? Um, He's a bad guy, an obsessed guy. Yeah. He like went that. through whatever. So we have to create a Jason. So at that point, you can either stick with Corey as a new Jason, he defeats him, or you can just make it a one-time thing where, okay, this is the rivalry. He brought him up. Corey's obsessed. Freddy is obsessed with killing Jason. Corey's obsessed with Jason and being him after what he saw when he was a kid. And through that, you create a killer. All right. I'm going to pitch you the movie trailer. Here we go. You ready? So, uh... Yeah. Blackness. Did you hear about all those murders down there at Crystal Lake? And someone's like, no, is it happening again? It's happening again. And the camera cuts in, and it's zooming in the back of somebody's head. You can't quite see his face. And he turns over his face, and it's Corey Feldman. And he's like, when did this happen? Right now? And he gets in his on his motorcycle and he drives down to crystal lake and then the screen cuts and then there's a bunch of teenagers who are like let's have premarital sex and get high all right i brought the beer (laughs) and then they're screaming and there was blood splatter and then Corey feldman shows up and they're like oh my god there's a killer and Corey feldman's like i know i'm here for him and then Corey feldman wakes up because he's being attacked by freddy krueger and I had a, a direction I was going with this, but I forgot I had to incorporate Freddy. So now Freddy Krueger's involved. <laughs> and uh, then Freddy's like, I'll help you get him. Ha ha. And here's a witty one liner. And then the next scene, you see Corey Feldman running up to Jason with a, a, a machete and Jason walking towards him with his machete. And right when they're about to clang machetes, it cuts out and it says Freddy versus Jason versus Feldman. And that's the trailer for the movie. <laughs> that's perfect. This is perfect. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
That's a good. That's a good trailer. And Freddie doesn't know what the fuck's happening. <laughs> Alrighty, Corey Feldman, we've set it up for you. We're your guys. You got. You got to reach out to us. Let's make this movie happen, Corey. Yeah, we're your guys. We don't care about your three wives. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh wait. He's like he does have three wives though. I don't know, but I know that his music career didn't work out the way he was hoping it would. It made me very sad. I liked it, and uh, I know that he's right now really concerned with taking down pedophiles. So that seems like it's important work, and I stand by him on that. But then the next most important thing he could possibly be doing is working on this movie with us. I do understand this. <laughs> I comprehend. Right on. So, um, so yeah, Jason. Jason takes Manhattan's pretty good. Jason X is Jason in space. Freddy versus Jason might be the one I've seen the most because that's a good one. Yes. Some pretty primo boobies in there. So on this show, we do this thing where the whole premise is that I'm trying to declutter my house because I have too many damn movies. And by the end of the episode, after we talk about it, we have to decide whether or not we're going to keep the disc or we're going to dump the disc and I'll get rid of it in some fashion. So I imagine we're talking about all the Friday the 13th movies at this point. Am I likely to rewatch these movies? Do you think that keeping these movies is worth it or do you think I should get rid of it and declutter my life? Honest opinion? Keep them! Keep them. That's what I'm thinking too. You got to keep them. What if we go for round two? Up all night, two days, no kids. You know, the kids are graduated on senior week or something, you know. Because that's when the next one's going to come out. (laughs) And we'll stay up all night and we'll go to that premiere. I mean, We'll get our wives or kids to drive. (laughs) (laughs) They'll be talking about how we're hallucinating the whole time. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you better damn well not say you can relate. I'll tell you that much. Or it could be when we make the next movie with Corey Feldman, we'll sit up with him all night and we'll watch all these movies and then go see the premiere. Why, yes, sir. That would be a splendid night. (laughs) Right on. So we're definitely going to keep these discs. So I want to say thank you to the band The Jazz June for the use of our theme song, Viva La Speed Metal. You can hear that at the beginning of every episode. It's really good music. They've gotten me through some hard times, and I am greatly appreciative of them letting me use their music for this podcast. I also want to thank The Fat Rat for the use of his song, Unity. You can find that bouncy EDM music on YouTube. That's the song we use to end every episode and bring us into the ad space. I also want to let you know that you can get a hold of me at discdumppod at gmail.com. That's D-I-S-C. D-U-M-P-P-O-D at gmail.com. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at DiscDump. Uh, on Instagram, it's DiscDumpPodcast. Don't forget the little pee-pee in there. It's important. And on Facebook, I have a DiscDump Podcast page. But more importantly, you should join the DiscDump Podcast fans group. In that group, you'll see all of the promotional material, start some conversations, and you'll be able to get a hold of me. And who knows, maybe you'll be featured in a future episode. Alrighty, everybody. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to kill all the final girls and peanuts grow underground just like potatoes <laughs> <laughs>